0: Welcome to another episode of the Enduring Sound Doctrine podcast. I'm your host, Brother Chris Roberts Sr. Before we get started, like always, let's start with a quick word of prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we just thank you for yet another day. We thank you for this opportunity to learn of your word, to hear of your great goodness. Lord God, we ask that you open the ears of our heart. Open up our minds for understanding. Pour in, O God, that there be no room for nothing else, Lord God. And we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to thank you again. If you have listened to the previous podcast episodes, this is indeed the fifth one. And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for enduring this long. No pun intended. Um, and I'm thankful that God has given me this, this outlet to speak to, to many people at once. And, um, you know, when I first started this, I wasn't sure as to where it was going, how it should go, you know, and like many other people out there, I listened to podcasts and I was worried about how this one would be different. But, um, you know, the way I figure it is, I focus on the word and the word only and people can hear the word like they did in the Bible and get pricked in their heart then that's that's my goal that's my aim. Uh but today I wanted to take a bit of a different angle in the previous podcast we focused strictly on scripture. Uh I focused strictly on telling stories or telling uh telling uh The word, as it focuses around one subject, and that was all for enlightenment, to get you to understand and get a a good foundation uh, for this. What this enduring of the doctrine is, we defined multiple terms. Um, I think I even dipped a bit into the Hebrew, which is what uh, the Old Testament scriptures were written in, and and how that points to the apostolic doctrine um so but today i wanted to take a little bit of a turn and and do what is kind of uncomfortable for me anyway and that's to talk about myself and not in a boastful or bragging uh manner but just because uh the other night i was sitting in my bed and i was you know thinking about my current situation and not to put all of my business out there, but, you know, my situation is is one that many people have been in and one I've been in multiple times uh, being unemployed. But, um, you know, I, I tried to figure out uh, where my passion is. And, of course, this is absolutely my passion, the Bible, the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I thought about my upbringing uh, technically, I'm a fourth or fin- fifth generation apostolic. Uh, my mother, on my from my mother's side, my father, um, had, had, they have no apostolic history as far as I know. But uh, my mother uh, from Dayton, Ohio, uh, she says they go all the way back to Azusa Street. And I know my my great grandfather uh, Ralph Bass uh, was a pastor in Dayton. In the uh, in the early 1900s, and um, and so so yeah, my roots in in the apostolic doctrine are deep, um, and I remember being brought up in an apostolic Pentecostal church, and I was thankful because I felt like we did things the Bible way. We We baptized in Jesus' name like all of the apostles did. We spoke in tongues like they did on the day of Pentecost. We believed in the Holy Ghost. It's what Jesus taught about and preached about. And so I figured, you know, we had it. We had it the Bible way. And I didn't know any other way. I never went to any other kind of church. For 18 years, I went to one church. I went to one church and one church only. So even within Pentecostalism, I only knew one way. And you know, there were there were times where my pastor wouldn't even allow us to go to other apostolic Pentecostal churches, or other organizations that might have been of the same faith. Um, you know, they weren't quote unquote saved. So my upbringing was strict, and we were we were very dogmatic about our beliefs. And you were either saved or you won't, and you weren't, and there was no middle ground there was no middle ground. And, you know, this is not a problem as long as you're staying in your tight knit close circle. But as soon as you get people from outside of that circle, you know, trying to question you and and figuring out what you're doing, because that's not the way that they do it, then uh, there can be problems. And uh, I remember in high school, um, you know, I had encounters with other people that were saved, and they weren't, They weren't apostolic Pentecostal, but they were on fire for God just like I was. And they uh, were from what's called the Church of God in Christ, Kojic. A lot of people know that term, And, and even Kojics are considered Pentecostal. They believe in Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. They don't believe that baptism in Jesus' name is the only way to baptize, however, as far as I know. And this encounter I had with a classmate of mine in high school certainly believed that way. He also believed that tongues was not the sign of the Holy Ghost. And so we would have arguments or uh, conversations back and forth. And I would just leave it as it is like, look, you know, I'm not swaying in my beliefs. And, you know, I'll just let you be wrong for now and leave it at that. By the time I went to college, I knew There was no way I was the youth chairman. I mean, there was no way I was going to fall out. I was not going to backslide, uh, as we put it now. And I joined myself with uh, with one other Christian group on campus, which was the Gospel Chorale. So this was a group of predominantly African-Americans, much like I grew up in the church, that believed in Jesus and we sang about Jesus. And up until that point, I was always in a choir and played music or was uh, singing or anything like that. So uh, I joined myself to the gospel corral. Uh, Little did I know that hardly anyone in that gospel corral believed like I believed. But I understood my beliefs. So, you know, I worship God the way that I was taught and brought up but you know it was sometimes in stark contrast to those that were in the in the choir even and so i remember just walking on campus at the university of michigan in ann arbor where uh i would get stopped by other christian groups i wouldn't get stopped by people inviting me to parties or you know tempting me to do you know nefarious things i was stopped and and talked to by people other christians so-called christians and they would say well what do you believe so i would tell them my beliefs well that it doesn't take all that that's unnecessary and why are you doing it this way and i could only give them the scriptures that i as i understood them acts 238 Uh, John 3 and 5, John 3 and 8, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, except a man is born of water and spirit. You must be born again. And well, we believe that water means the natural birth and spirit is the spiritual birth. And you don't have to speak in tongues to get the spiritual birth. And all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And and, um, you know, I would, I would point to, you know, acts two thirty eight and acts two and four, those were my base scriptures. And that's what I knew. And, and I couldn't deviate from those. Um, I didn't I didn't have the eunuch story down. I didn't have the Cornelius story down. Even I knew of it. I didn't have it down. And I didn't certainly didn't know of the other, uh, five times in the Bible that people were water baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. I knew acts 19, uh, when Paul, uh, talk to the, uh, ask the brothers, uh, the 12 brothers, you know, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And so people would shrug those scriptures off for whatever reason and um, focus on Romans 10, 9. And even I didn't have a good understanding of Romans 10, 9, so I couldn't really rebuke or confirm or deny that scripture, but they would, they would shoot down my scriptures and then we would usually part ways. So this was something that I, I struggled with, um not struggle with it, didn't shake my faith. It didn't shake my faith. But it made me more hungry. I would go home and read my Bible. And even at that age, uh at 1920, I had been saved for 10 years. However, my my understanding of the scripture was not mature yet. And I would go home and read my scriptures, and I would read my Bible, and I was adamant. And I said this is the way to go you know there's there's no other way i mean if it was good for the first church that you birth then why would it change why would paul want people to get baptized that were already believers they why would why would philip ask someone to confess their faith and then still baptize them if it was not necessary why would jesus say except you be born of water and spirit unless it was necessary and he told and he told Nicodemus he was not talking about natural birth. So why why would we mix that up? And so I wasn't so much concerned with their beliefs, I was more concerned with my belief. And what did I believe? What was this doctrine that I believed? Why was Pentecostalism the way to go? And Over the years, um, you know, I I got deeper and deeper entrenched. And those confrontations were few and far between. Um, Sometimes on the Internet, of course, uh, (laughs) you run into people on the Internet from from all facets of life. And you try to convince um, people on the Internet is like talking to a wall. So uh, that never went anywhere. But one thing about the Internet is, uh, uh, you know, upon the advent of Facebook, I was able to connect with some of the people that I grew up in, in my church, in my home church. And now we're all in our 30s, and we're fathers, we're, you know, we're husbands, we're mothers, we're we're parents. And so everybody kind of went their own way. Nobody's at that church anymore. We're all doing our own thing. And some of those people fell away from the faith. They're either proclaimed to be Christians, but they don't believe in the apostolic doctrine, or they're not in church whatsoever. And it it, it, really, it really shocked me that people would fall away from what we were brought up in, that they would fall away uh, from what we were taught. And again, I needed what I hungered for. What I hungered for was confirmation of what I grew up being taught. And I want to fast forward now to I'm about 34, 34 years old. So I've been in this for 24 years. And eventually I came to know, uh, I came to get what I was looking for. Jesus said, he that hungers and thirsts shall be filled. And at that time, I was at a tongue talking church, a fire breathing pastor And, you know, there was shouting music every Sunday, every Sunday. However, the Bible classes on Tuesday were not fulfilling. Imagine sitting down at a dinner table and you're expecting prime rib, baked potato, asparagus, broccoli, uh, a salad, uh, mashed potatoes, and and, uh, iced tea. But instead, you sit down and you get tofu, peas, and water. You're eating. You're eating. You're not going to starve. You're not going to die. You're eating. But you're not getting what you looked for. And you're not getting all your basic uh, nutrients that you need. And that's how I felt. Uh, You know, and then you get ice cream for dessert with that tofu dinner. And that 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 was the praise breaks. That was the shouting. That was, you know, whatever else that that made you happy. And why I stayed at that church. But we knew that there was more, and that's exactly what I got. Then I got the teaching that I needed. I got an understanding of of the Hebrew uh, language, the Old Testament. I can look at Genesis one and one. I can look at Genesis one and one and see the name. I can see water in his name. This is Genesis 1 and 1. If you go from 1 to 3, you'll see the Holy Ghost. You'll see everything you need. And so um, on top of that, then I got an understanding of Hebrew 6, the doctrines of Christ, and how that lines up perfectly with what Peter said on the day of Pentecost. How Jesus said in, in Matthew 16, that I'm going to give you, Peter, the keys and I looked at that, and and I see the language that Jesus used when he says, ye and thee. I give thee the keys, Peter. I'm giving it to you. Ye must be born again. And even though he's only talking to Nicodemus at the time, the ye means everyone. It means you all. So he was not just talking to, to Nicodemus. How in Acts chapter 2, after P- Peter says you must be, be- repent, baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and you shall. Now i got an understanding of shall versus will. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then the very next verse, because a lot of people say, well, that was for those people on that day. Well, Peter says it's for you, it's for your children's children and those that are far off as many as as our Lord God shall call. So it wasn't just for the people at the day of Pentecost. It's for everybody today, yesterday, now, and forever. That never changed. And um, so my, um, my understanding was opened up. Furthermore, God gave me a call. He called me. He said, I need you to preach the gospel and if you're listening to this podcast then um certainly you have some beliefs and so God talking to you is not out of the realm of possibility i surely hope if if so then just read the 10th chapter of the book of acts um so yeah and you know like i said i was 34 i've been saved for 24 years and i think i believe i was running from from a calling this is a calling he gave me but now, now I felt like I have the tools. Now I'm equipped. Now I'm equipped. There's no turning back. there's no possibility of a turn back. This doctrine, this doctrine, this doctrine that we have that has been given to us, needs to be shared with his people. It needs to be shared with everyone, believers and non-believers alike. Because there are believers. Remember, the gifts of God are without repentance. They work outside of repentance. So just because a person doesn't believe what I believe doesn't mean that they're not going to work miracles, have signs and wonders follow them. But we all need to come to the fullness of the gospel. This is what Paul talks about in his epistles, that you may be filled with all the fullness of and so I just thank God, and I, I'm ever learning. I'm, I'm not claiming to have obtained anything. I'm not claiming to have climbed the top, and I've reached the summit. On the contrary, I believe I'm now at the base. The Hebrew writer says, uh, therefore, leaving the foundation. We, the foundation has been left behind. It's there. Let us go on to Perfection. So I'm still in the unto stage. And I feel like, um, you know, in this phase of my life that there's no, uh, there's nothing that can sway or deter me from going forward in that. And which is the inspiration for this very episode of this podcast. That night uh, when I couldn't go to sleep and God told me to write, I I wrote this very thing. I wrote the the story about uh, my background and my encounters that I just told. And it took me all of about 10 minutes. And I didn't want to be heavy in the scripture. But, um, you know, the Bible, the Bible, everything from the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, points to this apostolic doctrine. Everything, every word, every verse, every letter points to this apostolic doctrine. Jesus commissioned his 12 disciples. Then he sent them. Once he sent them, they were called apostles. And so by following their doctrine, we are following Jesus Christ himself. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never waver. I'll never give up. And I'll keep pushing forward. I'll tell everyone I know any way I can that this gospel is the only true gospel this way is the only true way there is one way it's truth and so what else what else uh, can be said you know in the bible they delivered the word and then people either believed or they didn't they delivered the word and then people that believed were baptized those that didn't went on their way i reminded of the story in the 16th chapter of acts Paul and Silas were prisoners in the prison, but they decided to sing praises unto God, and God shook the foundation, and they were loosed, and the jailer there would have killed himself, but Paul told him to hold your sword. We are all here, and Paul was able to witness to this jailer, and he invited him in his home, and he told him the apostolic doctrine, and he said, what must I do to be saved? And he told him, you must believe with all your heart. Then he baptized. He, him, this jailer, and his entire family were baptized. And that's exactly what uh, can still happen today. We have to believe that this gospel still has the same saving power that it did in the book of Acts. And for whatever reason, we have a dilution of this gospel we have these uh, mega pastors, and I'm not here to shoot down anyone personally. But if I, what I don't like is to see thousands of people coming and looking for, for something, and they're not getting it. They're getting tofu and ice cream. They're not getting meat and potatoes. They're not getting uh, the vegetables, the basic foundation. They're not getting milk. And so, you know, um uh, God has given us many platforms. This is one. Uh you can do Facebook Live. Obviously the the old conventional ways to get up in front of a microphone on a podium and and yell and scream, but um you know that that doesn't always reach everyone and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. If I'm given that opportunity, I'm standing up on that podium and I'm going to yell and scream. <laughs> Um, I'm going to do what, what what God wants me to do. And so I truly believe uh, that this is what God has for us. This was God's plan for humanity from the very beginning. From the very beginning, again, it's in Genesis one and one. In the beginning was, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That word heaven is shamayim in the Hebrew, shama is the name, sham, the name, shen and mim, mayim, is water. So even in the first verse of the Bible, you have the name and water. The first word uh, in the beginning, that phrase, barashith, is a picture of a son being sacrificed with his arm on the cross. You have the burial, the death, The death. Paul says we are buried with him in baptism. Baptism is a form of death, is a is a is a shadow. I do believe we talked about figures, examples, examples, patterns and shadows. This is what the Old Testament was to the New Testament. And so the scriptures, again, always back up. Always back up this doctrine. And that's why we have a firm foundation to stand on. My my uh, upbringing was my foundation. I understood what was taught. I didn't just go to church just to go because my mother dragged me. But I went because I loved what I was being taught. And I truly believed it was the truth. And it was. But my understanding was not there just yet and now God has brought me to the point where my understanding lines up with his word my understanding it lines up with the passion my understanding lines up with the fervor that I have to push this doctrine forward I'm I've been giving more fuel to the fire my tank is full. I don't know what other metaphor to throw out there. But I'm thankful um, that he has filled me up. He fulfilled his scripture. He that hungers and thirsts shall be filled. And this has been a hunger and a thirst for a long time. But now I'm at a point where it can be pushed out. If this apostolic doctrine is not right, then I truly believe that there must not be a God. And that's not to be a blasphemer. But just like I've been saying that even from Genesis 1 and 1 speaks of this doctrine. So I, I I, can't believe any other way. I just can't. And like I said, it's for everyone. Everyone, everyone should come to this understanding. I love that story in the 10th chapter of Acts. Cornelius was somebody who talked with God. He communed with God. We would call it that. Saved. He had a relationship. That's what we would call it. But God knew that there was something more for him. So God sent him Peter. And he had to open up Peter's understanding so he could meet the need of Cornelius where he was. Peter preached the gospel message. And Cornelius and his people instantly received the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know? How did Peter know he had the Holy Ghost? He said, for we have heard them speak in tongues just as we did. He said, can any man forbid water? We cannot deny their birthright. You must be born again except a man is born of water and the Spirit. They were born of the Spirit. They were born of the Spirit, and that was evidenced by the speaking of uh, other, other language. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Philip in Samaria in the eighth chapter was going around baptizing in Jesus' name. You see there, I want to say it's the 16th verse, um, where it says that, The Holy Ghost had not fell on them. Only they were baptized in the the name of the Lord. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord. It is verse 16. Only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they had to call down the other apostles to lay hands. And they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Ghost. Verse 17. And, And so... Again, this doctrine is, is very clear. It's very clear. It says in verse 13 that people believed, and then verse 16 it says that, but they were baptized. So I, I you know that's what I'm saying. This is this is the fuel that burns, that feeds uh my fire. This is the fuel that feeds that should feed everyone fire. If we can believe that the Bible is truly indeed the inspired word of God. There should not be any disputings. There should not be any discussion. There shouldn't be any wavering in what doctrine we should teach and preach. It should not have changed from the first day until now. But for whatever reason, this doctrine, our gospel, has been diluted. And this is exactly what Paul warned against he warned against the last days when men would have itchy ears they'd become lovers of themselves and they would not endure sound doctrine they don't want to hear it but like i said i'm firm in my beliefs and uh, my desire is that through these series of podcasts you will be too So again, send me all your questions, send me your comments, concerns, and uh, I will respond promptly. All right, let's end the same way we started. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord God. We ask that you hide this word in our heart, Lord God, until we meet again, Lord God, that you give us a mind to keep staying on you and stay in your word. These things we pray in the name of Jesus. In Jesus name. Amen. All right. God bless you. And I'll see you on the next time.